I'm like going, uh, number one, I am not a uh, Ashley Brown or, or Vanessa or anyone's stalker. I'm just a big <gasps> Disney fan. What? And so, you know, so if, if it's happening at Disney and they're a part of it, whoever it is, Vanessa or Ashley Brown or whoever, it's very likely that I'm there. So, Aww, and I uh, was just starting to feel my, special. Yeah. Oh, well, you are very special. <laughs> so. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by my co-host, Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. Hello, Craig. And Mr. Brett Rutherford. Well, hello there. Well, luckily, we I have two co-hosts that are practically perfect in every way, and today Aww. we get a chance <laughs> to talk to Ashley Brown. Ashley is someone who I've been listening to for years because she has been so involved in the Disney company, whether that be touring and things like On the Record or uh, also – being on Broadway. She has performed as Belle on Broadway, and then she originated the role of Mary Poppins on Broadway. How excited as theater geeks are we that we get to talk to her today? This is incredible, right? I am so excited, but for a slightly different reason. I have a quick story to tell you, if I may. So when I was about four years old, my mother told me that she was Mary Poppins. Now, what she meant was that she was Mary Poppins in a school play. But I went to school at five and I told everybody that Julie Andrews was my mom and Mary Poppins because I didn't recognize that they were different people. So in preparation for this interview, I went to my mother and told her, guess what? I'm talking to the real Mary Poppins today. Not <laughs> you fraud. You lied to me. I made me embarrassed in kindergarten. But no, really, I'm so excited to talk to Ashley Brown today. She is practically perfect. And I, I just think this is going to be a great interview. Brett, I know that you are responsible for me getting a copy of On the Record because you said, oh, you can't really be a Disney on Broadway fan without hearing this recording. And of course, Ashley was a big part of that. Are you excited about this interview coming up? I am so thrilled because I actually saw her live and in person. In, yes, live and in person in 2005 at Close Hall in Indianapolis and Disney's On the Record. And it's been such, I mean, I love that recording. And I mean, you know going on. I mean, I love everything that she's done. So I have questions and I can't wait to talk to her big time. It's remarkable to me that you can go into so many iconic roles for Disney, but then also to have uh, such a wonderful ability to put on those different hats and to live up to those characters. So I'm excited to ask her about some of that as well. I'm going to get out of the way. It's time for us to talk to Ashley Brown. such a pleasure to us to welcome to the show today, Ashley Brown. And Ashley, I hope you're having just a wonderful day. Yes, I am. Even better talking to you guys. Oh, that's Aww, so that's sweet. So nice. I have I to tell it. you, <laughs> I have to tell you, uh, we are all theater geeks ourselves. That's how we met. It's kind of how we started uh, really learning that we loved Disney together as well. And so listening to your voice on these recordings as we're trying to do our research and things uh, it is incredible. If I can just compliment you here for a second, you have such great diction, such great breast support. You have such amazing tone. It's just your voice is like. It's just incredible. It's remarkable to be able to talk to you today. And so I oh, wanted to make sure to you. pay a compliment to you right away because it's incredible that we get to, to chat with you. 
thank you. And I have make sure my voice teacher tunes into that because all those, she would love to hear all of those things about my voice. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Now we, we do want to uh, talk to you about one of the reasons we were having this interview now is that you are about to head to Walt Disney World and be part of the Disney on Broadway series for Epcot's Festival of the Arts. You've really been involved in this kind of since its inception at the festival, correct? Yes. So we were the very first year And I have to say with all of my cancellations in 2020, you know, every, the whole world had cancellations. So I'm not, you know, pretending I was the only one affected, but I have to say out of all my cancellations, when they pulled the festival of the arts for 2020 for, you know, very good reasons. um, I was so sad because it is truly one of my favorite things to do. I love that it's Disney parks and Disney on Broadway coming together and working together and kind of just like, bringing Broadway to Orlando. It's so much fun. And it's been so much fun to watch it grow because at first it started off with just me and Josh Strickland and Alton Fitzgerald White and Kissy. We were the only ones. And now it's grown into, you know, six different couples and the audience keeps coming back. And the people that, I mean, I've got, you know, so many messages on Instagram of people flying in from different countries, different states to come see us now. And it's, it's, you know, we, we started a thing and it's really special. And you get to celebrate those uh, Disney artists and some local artists to the Florida area as well. And I know you're from Florida. Does this kind of feel like a a homecoming of sorts for you? Absolutely. I'm originally from Gulf Breeze, Florida near Pensacola. And so all my family comes up there. And like you said, all the local artists that are there with all different kinds of art. I mean, mean, it's unbelievable. And I love for them to have a platform as well to show off what they do. And we're also able to be there and show what we do. And we're all just celebrating each other. That's so great. Vanessa, I think you had our next question. Yes. Well, we've heard some of your love for the Disney parks and our friend David Alpert's podcast, E-Ticket to Broadway, which again, listeners, if you haven't gone and listened to it, you really need to go listen to E-Ticket to Broadway. It's one of our favorites. But for our audience, Ashley, could you speak to your experiences at Walt Disney World and kind of share some of those stories of growing up there? Yes. So of course, it's a love, you know, that I have for Disney World, Disneyland, all of them. And, you know, I think it's every girl's dream to grow up and play Belle on Broadway and, you know, be Mary Poppins on Broadway. And so for me to be able to have done that and then go back to the parks when I was a little girl, like dreaming that, you know, just looked up to the princesses so much and to go back and know that I'm part of that family is just brings back so many memories. And I now have a five-year-old and she's like starting to get what I do. And it's just so fun watching it through her eyes. So it's like being a kid and doing what I do with my career and then being able to share it with my daughter and watch it through her eyes. You know, it's incredible. And it's such a gift. It really, like, I, I have a six-year-old and seeing some of those Disney classics that we were able to grow up on and now experiencing even the newer films and starting to get some of those traditions and things. He loves just going on Disney Plus and watching things like Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and seeing those princess stories and then uh, being able to watch things like Encanto. And, and it, like it's just incredible that we get to share that with our children. And I imagine that's especially uh, special for you because you are someone that has been able to actually step into these roles. And I know we'll, we'll talk about those here in a little bit, but your start with Disney, I believe started with Disney on the record. And Brett, you had a question with that. 
Oh, well, yeah, a little bit of a spoiler there. But anyway, I had the extreme pleasure of being in the audience of Close Hall in Indianapolis in 2005 for Disney's On oh the Oh, my gosh. I, when I love was a baby. that show. I love that show. And actually, okay, this is kind of, it's kind of a litmus test for me when I find out that friends are Disney fans. I like going, okay, are they worthy of the recording? Yes, they are. So I, I provide that for them. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Because the arrangements in, in Disney's On The Record are amazing. And the staging was so interesting. Um, mm -hmm. was, that, was, was that one of your first professional credits? Yes. What do you so remember most about that experience? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it's one of my favorites, not just because I'm on it, but just the CD and like the, the arrangements that David Chase did. I mean, you will never hear them better. I mean, not because no. of the singing, but just the arrangements, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. tooting my horn. You can um, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it was just, it was incredible, you know? So, I mean, this is going to sound so gross, but I graduated college and from my senior showcase in New York City is where Tara Rubin found me and was like, you have to audition for this new show. It's caught on the record. I think you'd be perfect for it. And I went in for it and they auditioned me like five different times. Like they had to, you know, coach me through it all. But then, so it was like, and then I was doing the workshop in New York City opposite Emily Skinner two weeks out of college. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, yeah. when I say I was a baby, I was a baby. And I was like, what is happening in my life? So I was just like, I just worked really hard in college. I was expecting to move to the city and like work at Banana Republic. Like I was really prepared to like work my way up. And then that opportunity just like came on. Like I was just like, right place, right time. Or what I like to say is when preparation meets opportunity and versus like just saying I got lucky. Right. Um, yes. Because it kind of takes away all the work that, you know, I really yes. did put in, but <laughs> you know, but it's still, I was super young and like just moved to the city and all those things. And it's just, that's a, one of the memories I hold so close. And, and also then I went on tour with it and it just started my whole relationship with Disney and Tom Schumacher, who I am still super close with. And I mean, think all these years later, I'm still in the family and able to share those songs and be a part of the family. It was just the start of the family. So it will always mm -hmm. be super, super important and special for me. It's it's just, it's an amazing recording. And whenever I feel just a little down, which I was feeling a little down in 2005. Um, anyway, that's another story. It, was, it lifted my spirits and made me smile and made me think all of this is worth it. So thank you, Disney's On The Record and your cast, because it was just amazing. Oh, so. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love to hear that. Anytime, anytime music or something I do helps anyone with anything. It's, it's very important to me and very moving to me as well. So yeah. I'm so happy well, to hear that. Thank you. You know, Ashley, I'm so glad that you mentioned the hard work that you put in into training your voice. That has to do with my next question. You did an interview several years ago, and you said that you were still seeing your voice teacher from when you started lessons at 14. So that, that told me that you must have had a really great teacher. So how instrumental was having a great vocal teacher to your path to Broadway? I mean, it was everything to me. You know, I think a lot of singers will say their voice teacher is like their therapist <laughs> at the same time. You know, I was from this really small town and she was in Pensacola and I went to her house and I started with her at 14 and she 
solves something in me because I don't come from a, a family of music or musicians like at all. I'm the youngest of four kids and my parents were like, who is this child? <laughs> um, but they supported me, obviously. But so coming across her name was Deborah Ross or her name is Deborah Ross. I still go to her. She found something in me and pushed me and had me singing things by the time I was 16, 17 that even she couldn't believe. And I'm like, well, I don't know the difference. Is this not normal? But, and, you know, just having her always be so supportive of me and pushing me and always taught me to show up and to be my best and how much rehearsal and practice matters how as a performer, when you're really dedicated that you have to make some hard decisions as a kid, like, you know, even though to us now you're like, whether you go to homecoming or a voice competition is like, sounds like a no brainer, but when you're 16, homecoming is really important. But she gave me the vision to see past the present, you know? And I was like, cause I, I bring that up as there was one time I had to choose between going to homecoming and a voice competition that would have been really great on my resume and a scholarship and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you have to make the decision. And my parents were like, you have to make the decision. But just so you know, it was like, there's life after this year, like what is going to bring you closer to your goal? But they let me make the decision. And of course I chose the vocal competition and I ended up winning and it was great on my resume. And I think that's what those kind of things that got me into CCM to college and you know, it just, but I loved it so much. And she, she just kept the joy in it. You know, like sometimes when something, when you're blessed with a gift and it's kind of like you're beaten over the head, like you have to do this and you're meant to, you're born to do this. There's pressure there and it can kind of form a love hate relationship. And I'm thankful that I just love it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was wondering too, if you could speak on still continuing those voice lessons, even as a professional performer. I mean, I think we'd probably assume that well, you've been Mary Poppins. You don't need to rehearse anymore. You don't need vocal coach, but, but what makes you keep going? You know, I just feel we're in one of those professions that you can never be too good at something. You know, it's not like if I have too many voice lessons, that's going to hurt me in any way. And I feel like there's always room for growth. I feel like, especially when you're doing eight shows a week, you can get in some really bad habits vocally you know, your voice is a muscle. It's kind of like if you're a long distance runner and you start doing something weird with your knee, it's going to start showing. And if you're singing the same songs eight times a week, year after year, and you're not doing something right there, you hit a bump in the road vocally. So for me, whether I'm doing eight shows a week or not, it's just so important for me to stay in shape. It's also like a form of therapy for me. Like it's my happy place. Um, and you know, with my acting lessons and I dance, you know, I just do, you have to keep it up because there's time in between gigs. And I just, I just, I just don't feel like you could ever practice too much. You know what I mean? That's yeah. definitely not my problem at least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. I love this idea of opportunity and preparation. And so you've mentioned, of course, and we all know that you have played Belle and also Mary Poppins on Broadway and, of course, originating the role of Mary Poppins. What is uh, similar in that preparation when you start to go and step into those characters? And what might be some of the differences between uh, playing Belle and then playing Mary Poppins? How did you approach those differently? You know, in an audition process, you know, when you're playing roles that are so iconic, like Belle and Mary Poppins, people love them, people have their own feelings about them. And so there's pressure, a, a little bit more pressure when it's a known, beloved character, because the pressure there is, is everybody, I mean, it's a gift because, you know, everybody walking into the theater already loves you, you know? 
they love you. It's just my job to make sure they leave feeling the same way, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so there's like a plus minus with that. You know, it's like, okay, they already love me. They're rooting for my character because they know my character. They already relate to her. But now it's like, I just want to make sure that they leave the same way. But at the same time, I didn't want to be Susan Egan being Belle. I wanted to be Ashley Brown being Belle. And then I didn't want to be Julie Andrews being Mary Poppins because like, hello, she already did it to like the degree. There's no Trump in that, you know? And so there's it. But so what I could do is she is the best Julie Andrews being Mary Poppins and I can be the best Ashley Brown being Mary Poppins. And so I think I just approached those two roles as bringing a lot of myself to the part and bringing my heart to it, which makes it genuine because it's me. Um, but of course, following the script and, you know, there's things in the books about Mary Poppins that gave me even more information of who she is, especially the, who she is in the stage version. Um, and that's kind of how I approached it. Of course, it's super scary taking on these iconic roles. Um, because again, people have expectations, but I just kind of, you know, had to have a talk with myself. Like there's a reason you were chosen. There's a reason you're here. And just was super supported by Disney and Cameron McIntosh and my casts on in both productions. And I'm thankful for that support for sure. And the trust. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ashley, you couldn't have led me any better into my next question because uh, we wanted to ask you about advice you might give to someone wanting to kind of enter this profession. And when we spoke to Susan Egan, she said her advice is don't be Kristen Chenoweth as Galinda be your own Galinda. So it's so funny that you use Susan <laughs> as your example of the exact same thing that she agrees with. So you know, you, you guys will have to talk to each other and be like, I said the same thing. But, uh, <laughs> because it's so true. I love Susan. Right. She's so sweet. She is. But it's she so is. true. It absolutely is. And you've already said some really great gems of advice in this interview already. But I just wondered if, you know, you had a a conversation with someone who's wanting to kind of follow in your footsteps and start being this career and maybe get one of those leads on Broadway. What would be some advice that you might give to someone like that? You know, I feel it is so much about staying true to who you are because there already is an Adina Menzel. There already is a Kristen Chenoweth. There already is a Susan Egan. There's all, they're already there there. That slot is full. And I'm a little Southern girl from little Gulf breeze that went to Broadway and played an English nanny. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there's some humor in there. (laughs) And, and I think it just all has to do with, I always stay true to myself. And there's a lot of times in this business. Well, every time we're told who we are by so many different people and by casting, like she's a little, this, she's a little, not that she's too much. This she's too little that. And if you start listening to all that noise, you kind of become uh, like not specific. You kind of become this generic person because you're trying to please everybody and then it's never going to happen. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm, I know who I am. I'm a very kind person. I'm a generous person. I'm a driven person. Um, I will put myself in front of a train for most people I know. I'm, and I know that about myself. And if, you know, and it's sometimes with casting telling you that you're to this, to that, or not enough. And then sometimes you're it, you're perfect because you never changed. And that's kind of how you know, I was kind, I'm thankful for it. I'm not saying I'm always strong. Of course, when I don't get the part, I'm sad sometimes. And I'm 
get off center a little bit. That's only human. I'm only human. But what I think I've gotten really good at is, and from the very beginning, as I went to a really intense college, you kind of, they were trying to tell me who I was. And I was like, this is it. I'm pro- in four years, you're still going to see the same girl. You're going to see a more well-rounded performer for sure. And so I think it's just staying true to who you are and making sure that that foundation is strong. And that gets you so far. And of course, to uh, like hone in on your craft and what you do. And, and so I think that is the biggest advice I have coming to this business is try to block out the noise of people telling you who you are. Because you're the only one that knows that. Terrific advice. Absolutely terrific. It's so funny you mentioned the uh, accent because I'm so used to English actors coming and playing these parts that are supposed to have an American accent. So when doing the research for this, having heard your Mary and you're uh, so great at that, to, to hear your true voice is really fun because it's <laughs> like you said, you know, someone from the South that's playing this English nanny and it's just, it's just perfect. I, I want to take um, maybe a little bit of behind the scenes approach to this because uh, we did get a chance to talk to Susan and, and one of the fun things she mentioned mentioned was some of the things that may go awry in live theater that uh, she enjoyed kind of living through that because that's why we do live theater. But I didn't know she had this great story about the beast ripping off her wig uh, as she was trying to lead the stage and then kind of not acknowledging the fact that he just ripped off her wig while she was doing that. But I, I didn't know if you had any fun stories that, you know, Bert, he, he can be pretty mischievous at times. I didn't know if you had any uh, fun stories that you'd like to talk to us about? Oh, honey, we have, I mean, I feel like we could do a whole show on Ashley Brown's bloopers because (laughs) I mean, I've been known to be strong and wrong many times. Um, I'm just very committed. You know, I just go for it. And so when there's a mistake, it's a big one, but I mean, there's so many, I mean, I remember a couple in Mary Poppins where one time when we were in the kitchen, you know, the late Rebecca Luker, who's one of the most amazing, she was um, Mrs. Banks. And we were in the kitchen and we were doing that whole spoonful of sugar scene. And we all tried to leave and the door, it's actually, I've been told this is on YouTube um, that somebody was filming in the audience, ooh, 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 but I'm really happy yeah. that it's on camera because that's, it was funny. All the door, like we tried, like this set had running water. I mean, we won the Tony for our set. I mean, it's like the most extravagant thing you'd ever see in your life. And just one matinee randomly, the doorknobs, we all tried to get out of the door and the doorknob was like in our hands <laughs> and we couldn't get out. And I don't even remember like, because you know the only person that's validated on stage to fix the set is mary poppins because like (laughs) i just pulled things out of my bag right you know so everybody looks at me to fix everything so that was a lot of pressure yeah that's so perfect i know yes (laughs) on the opposite side yeah absolutely and on, on the opposite side of that um from that audience perspective you mentioned that everyone kind of comes in cheering for you and rooting for you because they love this part but can you uh talk about any of the fan interactions you've been able to have because of these iconic women that you've played on broadway or elsewhere or any interactions that you might have had with them oh gosh i mean there's so many i mean the the crazy things is like when I would come out of the stage door of Mary Poppins and there's so many kids or families that had never seen the movie 
And so, and I'm like, what? How have you not seen the movie? And then, and just knowing they were like, so you're our Mary Poppins. Like we've never seen Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins. And I mean that kind of, because Julie's always going to be my Mary Poppins, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how weird that like I mm-hmm. hold that slot, I guess is like in somebody's heart or memory that like, I'm there the only Mary Poppins they know. I'm like, that just mind blowing to me. And also, like we were saying earlier, it's just, you know, people writing letters about whether they lost a loved one or going through a hard time. And they came and saw Mary Poppins. And then when I sang anything can happen, if you let it, it like got them through a hard time or, you know, Beauty and the Beast, you know, when I would come out in that big gold yellow gown. And I mean, people just just was dreams, you know, people come from different countries who have never seen a Broadway show. It's just, I mean, the list goes on with that. I mean, the letters that I, I continue to get of just people being moved by Disney and moved by live theater. It's so great. Brett, I think you had our next question. Well, so Ashley, you've performed so many classic leading ladies for Mary Poppins and and Belle and Maria and Mother Abbas in The Sound of Music, Magnolia in Showboat and Laurie in Oklahoma. All wonderful soprano roles. Now, just between the four of us, do you have a secret desire to play a wonderful diva soprano villain role? Mix it up a bit? Of course. Of course. Like, I'm dying to do something like funny and like just <laughs> kind of stretch and like do something that I've not done before. Cause all those roles, I mean, Oh my gosh, so close to my heart. Yes. Um, all of them, but I don't know what that next role necessarily is other than I just want it to be like a big brassy and funny. Yes. <laughs> that'd be great. Well, that'd be great. Well, I think what if- was it Susan Egan that, or who was it that was looking for mother Gothel? You know, did you want to play that when that becomes available? You know, but that's years from now for you because, you know, well, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) We have a little spring chicken. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ashley, if we could talk about Mary Poppins just a bit more. um, I have a question for you when about when you performed Feed the Birds, which I'm just going to give you a little behind the scenes of when we know we're going to interview someone, we we go and watch their performances and, and their interviews. And I'm and I'm listening to you sing this song and I'm walking my dog and you're you're just your voice is so beautiful. I just start bawling. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to feed the birds, feed the birds is so beautiful. So I'll tell everyone what I'm referring to. You performed that song at Disneyland's 60th anniversary with the legendary Richard Sherman. And I wanted to ask what was going through your head as you're performing this song? It's it's Walt Disney's favorite song. Only Richard Sherman could play it for him. And then there is Richard Sherman playing it and accompanying you as you just sing this so beautifully. What was going through your head? A lot. There's a lot of those like pinch me moments where you're like, is where you're like there, your body's there, but you're looking around being like, is this my life or am I watching somebody else's life? Because it is like, it's some, like, it's hard to even put into words, but it's when they asked me to do it. And, you know, when we rehearsed, you know, we rehearsed in the middle of the night when the park's empty and, you know, we're on the castle steps and, you know, bless his heart, Richard Sherman's like up there at like three 30 in the morning and like, couldn't be happier and sweeter and more happy to be there. And he's just a legend. in the fact, you know, he was in our rehearsals every day when we were putting the show up for Broadway and he had a super cow shirt on, like, he's so like not affected by 
his, the business or his success. And it's just, it's a lesson on how you can be so successful yet generous, yet kind. And just the gratitude he shows every day. It's just an amazing lesson that you don't have to be a, a meanie to get far in this business. But that day, you know, it was so incredible. And then Dick Van Dyke was there and, you know, we sang a little quartet afterwards because he always has had a love for for Music Man, the quartet, because he has that, you know, little sure, group yes. that he has. Mm-hmm. So we sang together. But, you know, just those kind of moments when you're with those icons and you're just kind of in the moment with them. And I remember telling myself, like, Ashley, this is I don't want this to be an out of body experience. I want you to remember this because this is not everybody gets to do this like no one. And so I remember really, if you look in the video, I remember just really, normally I would be like facing out the whole time, but I was really taking him in being like, the little girl inside of me is screaming. And so is the adult (laughs) in me, let's be honest, (laughs) but just watching him play it and know he wrote it and the history he has with the song and that I got the honor of singing it with him was, and, and that it's like on video and we have it as like, that I'll have forever. And when my daughter gets old enough to appreciate it, that you know, she could take that in one day, but it was incredible to be a part of that. Well, it was incredible to watch it. And again, it was just beautiful to listen to. It had me in tears. It was lovely. Thank you. I know people always ask me, they're like, do you ever get, because I do a lot of symphony shows and I travel around the the country and everybody, and I usually sing that song and it gets such a great reception because, you know, I tell the story about it being Walt Disney's favorite song. And, but so many people are like, do you ever get sick of singing that song? And I'm like, absolutely not and I mean that I'm not just saying that's not my Disney answer that is my for real like answer to that songs I never get sick of singing it and the meaning of it it's just beautiful and I just have such a history with it so other songs that you get to perform coming up in Epcot I'm wondering you know what's that set list look like what are you looking forward to performing what do the audience down at Festival of the Arts get to look forward to hearing you Oh my goodness. I'm going to spill the secrets just because it's y'all. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> so of course, you know, I'm with performing with Josh Strickland. He's my, my buddy, one of my best friends. And of course he was a, the original Tarzan on Broadway. So we're doing mm-hmm. some Tarzan. Of course, we're doing some Mary Poppins. And I think there would be a riot at Walt Disney World if I didn't sing A Change in Me. <laughs> oh, that's from, perfect from beauty and oh. the beast and um what else are we doing we're doing um yeah you'll be in my heart changing mm. me super cow he's doing strangers like me um we're doing a fro like this really big frozen medley so oh, it's really upbeat super fun does that kind of take you back to that on the record, like kind of days where you get to sort of uh, go into these different characters and play around with that a little bit? I was just listening this morning to your version of Reflection, and it was just remarkable. So, I mean, does that kind of take you back uh, all the way to 2005? It sure does. It's like, I feel like I've become the queen of taking songs out of context. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whatever works, then it does. I feel like I'm like, I must be good at it because I feel like I've started to do that more than real shows, but I love it. <laughs> You're so good at I it. Brett, it. Brett, you, uh, you have our next question. But sir, 
you've performed in a couple of venues that are near distance wise and dear to our Midwestern hearts. You performed at the Muni, St. Louis Muni uh, and Lyric Opera of Chicago. Now, as far as performing outdoors in the Midwest in the summer, we could probably trade some stories because we do that too. But as, as Craig said, we're in a, we're big theater people and we perform outdoors at the Muni M-U-N-I. So do you have any fun stories about outdoor theater? Um, any bug stories anyway and, and are oh, you ready to return yes. to the muni I love the muni I because I got my equity card there they gave me uh, my equity mm-hmm. card after my it was after my junior year of college and I did the summer I did summer stock there and so I got my equity card so it's super special to me because it kind of gave me my professional start if you will um, but performing outdoors it's a whole other situation and I don't know, it was two, three years ago, and I heard this was on tape somewhere too, is I was singing Part of Your World, and I, literally a bug flew and landed on my vocal cord. And I was like, I had to stop and cough, and I was like, I'm so sorry, y'all, a bug just flew in my mouth, and the whole audience was like dying laughing. But like, it took me a minute to recover, so that happens. It happens, but I like singing outside, you know, it's, it's, it's different, and especially with COVID and all the worldly things, it's kind of, you know, it, it's, we're able to do it. And so that's nice. The, the outdoorness. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, absolutely. you just sort sometimes you just have to swallow a bug and move on, you know, it's just the way it is. That's, Hopefully it's a small that's showbiz. one and nothing too yeah. big. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. That's showbiz for sure. You know, that's, we know that when you're performing in at the Muni that you're actually kind of there for a little while. So um wanted to ask you, since we're nearby St. Louis, do you have any favorite spots that you like to visit? Anything that we can go to and say, well, Ashley Brown recommended this. Oh gosh. <laughs> Put me on the spot, the St. Louis no. spot. Gosh, where the oh, gosh, what is the hotel we always stay at? Isn't it the Chase that you the Chase? Yeah. Yes, the Chase is so fun. Um but in that whole, that, that area right around the chase with all the restaurants and everything is so, is so fun. I'm like blanking on that neighborhood right now. I, it should be um, Forest Park, I believe, if I yeah, remember, like that whole Forest Park area around the, yeah, Central the West End. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Central West End. That's it. Yeah. That, I love like just walking around there and hanging out there. And, but, you know, mostly we're in rehearsals. And then once we open, you know, those shows only last like a week. And so we usually spend the day like by the pool or, you know, hanging out. But I always love working at the Muni and it's so funny because at the Muni, because it's such a massive theater, you kind of have to do everything you're taught not to do in college. Like you kind of have to have bigger hand gestures and like, yes. hey, look at me over here. I'm the one talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 10,000, right. 10,000. 10, yeah, 10,000 yeah. people. Yeah. It's a big it's, one. Yeah. Just incredible. And, uh, you know, we uh, had the pleasure of speaking to Ken Page and he uh, is such a an icon in that area. And he was talking about that thrill of just getting out to that stage and the, the history that comes up with that stage as well. And so it's just wonderful to hear uh, some of your experience with that, too. And we hope that in the future we can come down to St. Louis and see you. So hopefully yes. uh, the community gets you back. And that would be wonderful to be able to go and check out something that you are uh, are in. Absolutely. So now we get to go to some of the fun. Uh, we're starting to wrap up. We get to have a little bit of fun with you here. And much like it's all you know, been we mentioned, fun, yes. oh, it's all been fun. Absolutely. <laughs> but we, we now we get to the really special Disney fun there. Right. How specific is that. Absolutely, Brett. Thank you for uh, being my, for, for making sure I get that right. 
we mentioned David Alpert's e-ticket to Broadway podcast. He does something similar with his rapid fires. We don't uh, put you on the spot nearly as much. You, you don't have timed answers yes. with this. You can answer as much as you'd like of these rapid fires and you can explain, you can give us a story, whatever, however you'd like to answer. But we do have oh, some good. questions okay. about Disney. Okay. So your first one is what's your favorite Disney animated film? Snow White. Okay. I love, I know it's an oldie but goodie, um, but I loved it when I was younger. I think she was the first brunette princess. I saw myself in her, you know, how much representation matters. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh. And I sang all of her songs and I loved the arrangement, like the orchestrations. I actually did a recreation of that at um, Walt Disney Music Hall in LA. And we used all of the original orchestrations from the movie. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I like, I had the actual papers that were in the studio for the movie in my hands. Serious Disney geeks. So, you know, so that sort of thing really <laughs> resonates, you know? Yeah. But they would, they literally, it wasn't a copy of the actual music. It was the actual wow. music. Cause I was singing the role of snow white and we had the drawers and we had the whole thing, but with a full 90 piece orchestra and they took the music away from us at night, like that, because to put them back in the vault, like, and then they would hand <laughs> wow. them back out to us. At, yeah. I mean, it was, I was like such a nerd. I was like, you can watch me look through this music. I mean, I just want to stare at every page and look at the musical markings. I mean, there was pencil markings from different people and the conductor. And so that was a full circle moment as well. Wow. Did, did they make you wear gloves? <laughs> they should have. Oh. <laughs> They absolutely okay. should have, yeah. but they did not. Oh, wow. Okay. Just incredible. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Snow White and we know that that is set for a live action remake. So do you have a favorite amongst the live action remakes that have been popping up? Um, you know, I, I mean, of course I saw Beauty and the Beast. I was at the premiere for that because it's, you know, super close to my heart but I have to say I'm like such an I'm, I'm like I just will always love the original movies I think mm, better I get it I get it but I, yeah. I love that they're doing live action because it brings new audiences to these stories so I'm not one of those like I can't believe they're doing that I'm not mm -hmm. like that but yeah well you mentioned your uh, some of those uh, girls coming and you are their Mary Poppins it was so interesting to me I got why they're doing it when my son saw Aladdin and now Will Smith is his genie and so for me I'm like oh my goodness what about Robin you know Robin's always going to be my genie but he loves the rendition that Will Smith did and so it's kind of like it allows that generation to be able to have those different kinds of experiences and to be able to see those different things. And mm -hmm. again, you mentioned representation and, and how uh, well represented uh, all types of people are in a lot of these live action remakes. So I totally get that. So next question, what is your favorite Disney park? See, you're going to get me in trouble because I've had to answer this question before and my DMs start going off. <laughs> oh, no. um, so we should put I the caveat there say, that they're all great right oh 100 percent. Right. my <laughs> i just i cannot choose because i love them both i love walt disney world it's where i grew up going mm -hmm. and i love how big it is i love how often i'm there but i love disneyland because it was the original vision of walt disney i also got to sing a kiss good night to celebrate their 60th anniversary mm -hmm. at the park so Opening my night, song like, I was played there. through Disneyland. <laughs> oh, you were? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, oh. I'm that person. So I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I love like going, that you're that oh, person. So good. Yeah, it was so good. Um. So, and I just I love that I love that you can do Disneyland all in one day. Mm-hmm. I love that about Disneyland. So, I'm going to be very Switzerland about this question, and just point out the positives of both. <laughs> That's that, that sounds good to me. Fine. You you know you could <laughs> what you could do is um we could say Walt Disney world, but I'm sure you would say the American garden theater, uh, in Epcot is your favorite place in oh, that's true. Walt Disney world. Hey. Right? <laughs> so you are, uh, you're at the parks and for festival, of the arts, you will be able to be there for several weeks. So I imagine that you need to eat. So do you have a favorite restaurant at Walt Disney world that you like to go to? I do. I love the California grill. I love, um, the, I forget the name. I love the hibachi place in Mm. Japan. I love, I'm trying to remember the name. I also love when I, that'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it. I also love the Mexican restaurant with the boat ride. It's super Uh, fun. And I remember that as a kid, like so vividly. So, I mean, oh, I love the animal kingdom, the, the nice restaurant in the animal kingdom. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. that's great. So you have yeah. almost all the all you have like every park covered there. So sure. now see you're again, you're making sure you get all of the Disney fans on board with your restaurant yeah. selections <laughs> and your park selections. This is very, very great of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going into the park for the, the first day of the festival that you're not performing and you're able to just enjoy yourself. What snack are you going for first? Oh, gosh, I love the rice crispy treats that are like dip for the sweet for a sweet treat like a rice crispy treat that has the ears dipped i'm here for that oh that's uh-huh. perfect 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 and then uh the final the rapid fires do you have a favorite attraction that you like to do when you're in a disney park um what's my favorite ride i love soren and i love the um i love space mountain i have to do it every, every time because that's just like, you know, a staple. And I love the, um, what is in the um, Avatar land? The one where you're sitting oh, Flights on of Passage? The, mm-hmm. Flights of Passage is my all-time favorite. It's so much fun. You know, you get to immerse yourself in a different world. So I'd say you did excellent at these rapid fire questions, Ashley. You were, <laughs> you're, you're a champ. Uh, but Vanessa, you have some of our last questions here. Yes. Well, before we go, before we start to wrap things up, we wanted to ask about, you know, what's next for you? We know you're headed to Epcot for the Festival of the Arts, but, you know, you've been the lead on Broadway with Belle, and then you were the original Mary Poppins on Broadway. What's the next big dream or goal that that we can kind of look forward to, to seeing you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, as we all know, our business is still trying to get its feet and it's, you know, very up and down. I've been doing, I did a reading of a new musical called Mad Season, which I'm hoping gets some legs and gets to go. So I'm really looking forward to doing a new show. I've been traveling around the country and other countries doing my solo show with symphonies that I really have enjoyed doing because I can just be Ashley Brown, you know, I, and I sing obviously from the shows I've done, or sometimes I don't. Um, I've really enjoyed that, but I really am ready to get back into a show but the eight show a week schedule is no joke. And so I'm really waiting for that perfect role, that perfect show that, I'm, I want to do, I don't know exactly what that is yet. And I'm excited for our business to get back on its feet and stay consistently open and which it's happening. It's going to happen. And so that's kind of my long-term goal is to just start with a show from the ground up and be able to build a character and 
and kind of go from there is my, my big dream and to continue to my, my solo concerts to continue that as well. And as an audience member, we get to see that. And I'm so excited for that opportunity and those opportunities that will present themselves to someone like you that, as you were mentioning, has that uh, preparation in addition to the opportunities that are given to you. Brett, uh, second to last question. Well, Ashley, how would you describe Disney magic? I just think it is something that everyone feels and I feel and the proof is in the pudding, as they say, you know, that's why people come back to the parks, whether it's Disneyland or world over and over and over and over again. That's why people watch the movies over and over again. That's why people come to the Broadway shows over and over again. There's something about it that it doesn't matter if you're eight or 80, you get it, you feel something. And it's just something that we all share. And I think that's what's keeps the artists coming back. It's why Disney is what it is, is because it has the Disney magic and everybody needs that, especially right now, if not always. And so I think that it's just something it's even hard to put a, put words to of the feeling mm-hmm. that you get when you're at any of those things I just listed. And mm-hmm. I think it's just something we all are drawn to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big time. Yes. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. And we'd like to uh, end on a final question, and that's that you have put so much art and creativity out into the world. You've done lots of these types of interviews, but there might be, I'm wondering if there's a story or a question that you're not often asked about and you would like to share that story or that message or any final words that you might have that you don't often get a chance to do. Wow, that's such an amazing question. You know, I, I feel that in this career and if anybody like going into this career and is just, and I think it's might be reiterating kind of what I said before is, you know, being true to who you are and is so, so important, whether you're in theater or you're not. And especially right now, I think it's just spreading kindness and being there for each other. And I also feel like, you know, as somebody who, and I'm so grateful for to have this, that people look up to me and, and want to know how I do this and how I do that. And, and that I want to share with people that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. I don't, you know, cause I usually, when I'm in interviews or people write me letters and I write back, I'm kind of lifting them up and, oh, and I'm a very, very positive person. But I think if anything, what this pandemic has taught all of us is, that it's okay to be going through it. It's okay to be um, not okay. And that I, there has been times these past few years that I've not been okay. And that my fans or my family or friends have lifted me up. And I guess I just don't share that kind of stuff enough that it's okay to not be okay. And that we're all in this together. And that I feel like, we just all have to stay strong and the more kindness we can give to ourselves and to others, the better. And I guess I just wanted to share that I'm not always 100% practically perfect either. (laughs) Just, (laughs) just incredible. And you know, it's that art and creativity that you put into the world that will hopefully help lift people when they're having a rough day and, and listening to you singing, feed the birds and having those emotional reactions. It's because 
of the uh, amazing gift that you give to us as an audience. And speaking of amazing gifts, this has just been wonderful getting to talk to you. Uh, best wishes as you head down to Florida and enjoy Festival of the Arts. And we are so grateful for your time today. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to see everybody at Epcot. They can mask up and see us at the rope, but we'll definitely have to be masked and all that glorious stuff. But we're so excited to see our fans and so excited to see our family and be in Orlando and be back on stage celebrating Disney on Broadway. And we're just, I'm, we're all super, super excited. And thank you so much for having me today. This was super fun. Absolutely. Break a leg. Thank you yes. guys so much. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Ashley. All right. Bye. I love her sense of self and her advice that she was giving and uh, especially uh, the kind of emotional way that we ended that with the idea that, you know, she is someone that has reached the heights of her career and even she needs those support systems and that voice teacher. She talked about how her voice lessons were therapy. I, I just love everything about her. She's, she's an incredibly genuine person to talk to. It was just great to get to talk to them. Right, Brett? Yes. Yes. Well, the thing that I'm, you know, that my kind of takeaway is what a strong sense of self that she had because, you know, I mean, she went to a, a major university for musical theater and, you know, for theater. And and sometimes with university programs, they kind of tear you down and build you up in their mm. image. And the way that she said, no, this is going to be me the whole time. I mean, and, and, and she's a great success story. So that can happen too. So you know yourself and be true to yourself, which was really an important message that she gave us. So I'm, I'm just, it was just such a thrill to talk to her. I think if you are aspiring to go to New York or to pursue a career in musical theater, this is something you want to kind of look to her as a master class in this because she really did stay true to herself. And uh, I love that idea of not just luck, but opportunity meeting preparation. I think that's something that I'll carry with me for a long time from this interview. Vanessa, what are you going to carry with you? Oh, well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Craig. I was just, I kid you not, I was thinking about this as driving into work today is, you know, what can I prepare now for the future? And then it's like, she's saying it to me and I'm like, it's a sign, you know, because we all, we all get those signs. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the other thing that I take away from talking to her is it's like talking to an old pal that you haven't seen in a while. And she's just so kind and she's so easy to talk to. She's got that uh, really joyful laugh and I love her Humor. I just really, really enjoyed talking to her. I will say it was a good thing that we cut the interview off when we did, because if Brett pulled out one more, I was there. He was going to get like an order of <laughs> protection sorry. against Oops, him, like from, from Ashley Brett. <laughs> I'm a stalker. Because, because no, no, Brett, no. Brett's been following her career, which, which actually was just such a cool thing, Brett, that you've been yeah, able to see, yeah. see her perform more than once. And, and I truly mean it when I, I think she's just Look, guys, I'm a Husky Alto, so I love a soprano. It's something <laughs> I cannot do with my voice. I cannot do that. And I love it when it's effortless and she just has the most beautiful voice. I really do mean it when, when I say I just love listening to her. I listened to a recording of her. It was on a Broadway lullabies album, and it was this sort of mashup of Stay Awake and Feed the Birds, but really it was just the, um, the orchestration was Feed the Birds, and she was singing Stay Awake, and it was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, you could listen to her voice for 
days and days. It's just incredible how well she's trained her instrument and how well she uses that to the benefit of all of her audiences. It was just great to get to talk to her today and to hear some of those stories. I can't, I hope that she comes back to the St. Louis Muni and I hope that the three of us get to travel down there together. That would be a lot of fun. Well, hopefully it'll be like in pleasant times again, where we can like stand at like the outdoor stage door, whatever is the stage door, but it's not because it's outdoor theater stage door. We can meet her maybe. Oh, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. (laughs) Please let it happen. Yes. Brett is here. Can you imagine, Ashley? Brett is here uh, following your career again. That's, <laughs> that's what we're gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> like, sir, sir, enough it's already. Again. Hi, it's Brett again. <laughs> Hi, Hi, it's Brett again. I'm here now. Please continue. No. <laughs> yeah. Just great. Well, career. We certainly want to say thank you to Ashley for the opportunity to speak with her today. And you can all, if you're listening, particularly in the the, the Florida area, if you're in Orlando, absolutely go and check out Epcot Festival of the Arts. She's going to be part of that Disney on Broadway series. Uh, and you can check out all the information for that on the Disney website. What I will say is that, you know, sometimes you just kind of get lucky, right? You don't know that there's necessarily a festival going on. You don't know what's happening on that stage. Just take a moment and realize that what they're bringing to that stage are these Broadway stars that are able to sing to you. I mean, you get the original Tarzan, you get Belle and the original Mary Poppins together, and they get to sing Disney songs. I mean, that's incredible. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's such great advice, Craig. I was thinking because your admission ticket is offers so much and this is what i love about epcot is how often do you get to be that close to broadway performers no not and then and then to do it in a magical place like epcot i mean chef's kiss it's it's a perfect (laughs) scenario and then she said that she'll be meeting uh masked uh folks in the parks after that so it's just incredible that you get those opportunities and those experiences So that was wonderful. If this is your first time listening to Beyond the Mouse because you're a fan of Ashley's, please go back and check out all of our interviews. You can search for us by searching for Beyond the Mouse on any podcast platform. We also do have episodes where it's just the three of us talking Disney zaniness. And in fact, Vanessa and Brett were just in Walt Disney World. So I think in the near future, we are going to be talking about that trip and getting a report back from the two of them who were experiencing that. And particularly Vanessa, since you had Mm -hmm. returned to the park after a long absence we know that brett is in the park about every third week or so i had my own ashley brown moment where i was like oh look it's brett again look there he is he's (laughs) following me into disney world (laughs) oh gosh and then what (laughs) as we go into february uh we we joke we kid but we do love that brett rutherford is willing to try and do anything that disney has to offer so i do know that you are planning your cruise on the star cruiser uh and the halcyon cruise is coming up in March. So you're going to be doing some prep for that. So make sure to follow along for that as well. You can find us on social media. We're beyond mouse on Twitter, also beyond the mouse pod on Instagram and two different ways to follow us on Facebook. Beyond the mouse podcast is our page, but we really like it to uh, go into our group, which is beyond the mouse podcast pals. That's an easy way to interact with us. Let us know what you think about the show and talk Disney with us in a really positive environment as well. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up, Brett? I'm like going, 
number one, I am not a uh, Ashley Brown or, or Vanessa or anyone stalker. I'm just a big <gasps> Disney fan. What? And so, you know, so if, if it's happening at Disney and they're a part of it, whoever it is, Vanessa or Ashley Brown or whoever, it's very likely that I'm there. So, Aww, and I uh, was just starting to feel my, special. Yeah. Oh, well, you are very special. So. <laughs> I'm stalking. No, who are we kidding? I'm stalking Craig in uh, in March because Craig's going on a visit too. So I oh, am. Gosh, I am. I, I am to... stalking. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just. I get to get the, the first report. I get to get the first report of how the Halcyon was in the Star Cruise because I'm sure that we're going to see each other at some point in the parks that week. So I'm excited yeah. for that. Vanessa, any final thoughts that you have? I just want to tell Brett, don't be ashamed. You're just the Waldo of Walt Disney World. You should have a, a, a Where's Brett challenge and people can go can go meet you. And okay. I, with the beard and, and the hair, I can see you with a little Waldo hat on and a little Waldo <laughs> shirt. Little glasses? Actually, funny. when you go to the Halloween party next year, because we know, or, or this year, I should say, we know you're going to be there. You should be Waldo. That would be great. That would be a that great costume so to have. You can be Waldo. No. no, no. <gasps> oh my gosh, Fred, that's so great. So, I don't know. Okay, just I love it. We got to get out of here. Thank you again to Ashley. It was just such a joy to talk to you. Make sure to go and see her wherever you can. If she's ever around you on her symphony tour, if she's opening something on Broadway, or if she's down in the parks, go and check out Ashley Brown for sure. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Hopefully in the front row of an Ashley Brown concert. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, oh, Brett will be, be there. Yeah, be great. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. Let's keep this going forever, Vanessa. We're never going to okay. let it die. Nope. <laughs>